Hi! Welcome to Pizza Toast. This is a podcast about uh, Babysitter's Club television adaptations broadly at this point. Mm -hmm. And this week we watched uh, an episode entitled Christy and the Great Campaign. And oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy, this episode. Wait, did we say our names yet? We did not. Uh, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. I, 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 don't, I don't know what things are anymore. My name is Christy Admiral. I'm Phil Gonzalez. I don't know if I've ever clarified before, and like if people read the description of the show, they'll know, but I don't spell it the way Christy does, and I feel like that's important to clarify. Yeah, I think in the beginning you mentioned that you always had problems with her because she spelled her name wrong. She does spell it, she spells it incorrectly, and I also don't like her. And hey, what a great week to talk about why I don't like Christy, because this episode, I think, exemplifies everything that is both infuriating and really endearing about her character. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you and I have, I think, opposite opinions about Christy. Uh, uh, yes. I find yes. her character amazing, and especially in this series, just absolutely endearing, like, across the board. Uh, but I think it has to do more with just, like, the kind of people you and I can tolerate and... Yes. <laughs> and kind of require in our lives. <laughs> I don't really surround myself with people who would ever proudly describe themselves as bossy. Mm -hmm. Something I do like in this episode is the number of times the other babysitters dunk on Christy for being Christy. Oh yeah. Oh, they they cut a cut, cut quite a few little jokes at her expense. Yeah, they do, and I think that's kind of been missing in mm. this uh, uh both in the Netflix adaptation certainly cuz barely ever did they make fun of each other on that show. Right. I, I know Christy would tease Marianne sometimes, but that's a that's about it, right? This show uh, the, I feel that the camaraderie more closely mirrors that of the books, where everyone kind of drags each other every once in a while. The kind of the kind of dragging that only can come from a group of kids who are actually very different from one another, but are comfortable yeah. with each other. Yeah, that's true. There's there are a lot of small character moments in this episode that make it feel like it is a direct adaptation of a book in the series when it is very much not. Yeah, and and a lot of really strange specifics that also make it feel like it's an it's a adapted from a book because there are yeah. there's callbacks to some former plot points from the books and there's weird pop cultural references that come out of nowhere and go nowhere. Very weird. Yeah. Yeah, so okay, has every episode so far opened on a meeting or close to a meeting close uh i think uh we've only done like four so far i think no i, I know <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm i shouldn't have this much trouble remembering but i believe yes i believe that there is a at least nearer to the beginning of each episode there is the the meeting yeah it's a decent framing device mm -hmm. they always drop at least one name of a family yep uh, in this, well, in this episode, in the pre-title, we are introduced to who will be the non-babysitter protagonist of this episode. Yeah, so they're all playing some kind of a winter sport. Is I it? don't know. It's just, it's. I was like, oh, they're having a snowball fight. Then I'm like, nope, That's... they're just throwing a ball at each other in the snow. Yeah, I definitely thought it was a snowball fight at first, which makes way more sense than just we're in the snow and we have an actual ball that we are going to toss around. <laughs> But we see, like, I mean, we've got the old favorites here. The Radowski children are there. And Jackie says hi to a girl that uh, it is soon revealed he has a crush on. Mm -hmm. And her name is Courtney. And it becomes clear immediately. And it is stated that she is very shy. 
but she's shy because that's what she doesn't come across so much shy to me as as just like wary and a little aloof yeah because she's never she's not marianne's kind of shy right she is more like keeps to herself than anything else Mm -hmm. and by the end of the episode she has made two friends yeah uh babysitters club notwithstanding and uh it feels right for who this character is introduced as which is a a quiet girl who barely talks to anybody and i think that's one of the reasons it seems like a book adaptation because this is the story where in the book they would first meet her at their babysitting thing and then they would have a lot of conversations about this girl who is very shy and she's really smart but she she can she's she's on the ball but she doesn't have any friends and maybe we should do something to help her make friends like there's a lot that i could see in a book would get dragged out for several chapters yeah and just like her because like her became a becoming a new i tried to say that sentence seven <laughs> heard times it. before getting around to actually saying it uh her family becoming new clients mm-hmm. of the BSC, being a being a child who has just been introduced and therefore gets an entire storyline devoted yeah. to them, and, but not before we get a uh, Marnie Barrett reference in there. So, uh, so where do we start? So they, so they, so they meet her at the at the first like they meet her from afar, like they observe her. Yes, and Jackie's like, "Hi," and she's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's not standoffish, but a little wary. Wary is a really good word for it, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna stick with that one. And uh, one of the other kids, maybe another Radowski, it might have, it might be Shay. I think it's Shay. Yeah, yeah, makes fun of Jackie for having a crush on her. Uh, he says that girls are gross. Uh, the babysitters are like, "What are we then?" No, 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 no. Dawn says, and I quote, yeah. "What are we, space mutants?" Oh, she does and I'm like, say that. Not space mutants, but space mutants. And I was like, oh, <laughs> child, let's do another take on that one. <laughs> That's my favorite downline delivery in this episode. And, oh, there are so many good ones. Actually, no, there's one later that I will I will touch on why it is my favorite. And then Christy, I think, says, you better make this good, Jackie. He says, you're not girls, you're babysitters. Yay. It's true, though. It's true. You can be both, yeah. and I think they are. But I'll like I would say above all else, they are babysitters. That is what we are here for. Yeah. So we jump into a meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawn tells a story about Marnie Barrett, and everyone acts like it's a lot grosser than it is. Which is just that Marnie squished a cookie into her hand. Right. I thought she was going to say she hit her in the face with it or something, which is a thing a baby would do. But no. Then there's talk of the club notebook, and yeah. Claudia doesn't fill it out. Yeah, I love that. I love these little details. Uh, I love that, like, this is that thing where they fill us in on how the Babysitter's Club works without actually just telling us how the Babysitter's Club works. You're like, oh, I guess there's a notebook that they have to fill out, and that Claudia, of course, wouldn't do it because she hates doing any kind of writing. Yeah, and, and Dawn has her second great line delivery of the episode. She says, there's always a math test. When flooding <laughs> is that excuse. <laughs> yeah, this is the chapter two, right? Like, the, the meetings are the chapter two of the episodes, and they set it up in a much more organic way. Yeah. So, so I don't... We get, uh, have I mentioned yeah. that when I read... I saw, Of course, again, I've read, I'm reading all these books out loud. And when I read these books out loud, I edit all of that out. Like, I don't cover... like. I can I can you skip chapter two. No, no, I don't skip chapter two because chapter two, in addition to containing all the backstory, also contains a lot of important plot element. Like like for that book, they sort of blend it in. But I've gotten so good at like editing around <laughs> the important stuff. Like I'm like, 
I don't need because those chapters are like twenty minutes of straight reading if you just read them straight straight through. Like yeah. the usual chapters are about ten seven to ten minutes long. I know this because I use my Kindle. <laughs> but chapter two is almost always twenty minutes long if you read That's... everything. That's really bizarre to me. Also, I just remembered that the Babysitter's Little Sister books have chapter twos, but because it's just one character, it's much shorter. Yeah. And it's just about being the child of divorce, <laughs> which is, uh, I mean, it's an interesting idea to distill that down in every single book, but Babysitter's Club is nothing if not interesting. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, so this is the ch- this is chapter two, and I think in each quote unquote chapter two we've had in this series, they filled us in a little bit more. Like we've gotten a little mm-hmm. bit a, a different element. We had kid kits at one point. We've had Tuesday. Now we are having uh, now we're having the Notebook, and I, I like that. It's by the by the end of the series, we're going to have a good idea of what this Babysitters Club is all about. Yes, <laughs> and they uh, they get a call from a potential new client, and now first they, they get a call from Mrs. Arnold. Yes, who uh, Jesse is booked for. Uh, They talk about the twin language of the Arnolds. There are a lot of nuggets in this episode for book readers. Like, because that is a, like, that is specific to one book in the series. Yeah, wasn't it Jesse and the troublesome twins or something it was yeah i i'm trying to remember if it was called jesse in the secret language but i think that might have been the book about matt braddock that's that okay i was confused at first because they mentioned secret language and i was like wait a minute is this the brat no like this is the arnold's and then and i had to look it up and i think it's yeah it was a jesse book where the twins like spoken like their own like made up language. Yeah, they they do the weird twin language thing, which is real and this is a real documented thing. And in this case, uh, Jesse says she responds in Pig Latin, which is man, it's a power move. Like that is a that is a pro babysitting move yeah. to do something just as baffling back at a kid. Did she do that in the book? I know Pig Latin has come up in the books before as a Pig thing Latin that has come up as a thing that I don't that, remember that, like, if she does it there. Pig Latin is one of those things that the babysitter is like bring up in front of kids the kids are like what like it's yeah and they teach the kids oh, how to man. do it um, i'm really excited for you to get to the part where abby occasionally uses yiddish words i anyway, can't wait oh, oh she's the best um we find out claudia yeah, ate an so- entire family-sized bag of m&ms <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Claudia ate a whole bag of M&M's. Oh, and that's why that had to do with the math test, I believe. That's that's why there's always a math test or something she was stressed. I don't know. It's a very Claudia-like thing to say. She sounds very East Coast in every moment of this one. Right. Is it the Arnolds who recommend yes. the new person? Yeah. She talks yeah. to Mrs. Arnold. Okay. Mrs. Arnold's like, oh, I have a there's a there's I have a friend I recommended uh, you guys to, and she's going to be calling you. And that's the yeah. Westons. Yes. And she calls. Christy is scheduled to babysit. Um, and Christy asks if she can bring Courtney to a big event with a lot of children. Mm-hmm. And apparently, yes, she can. Then we are further introduced to Courtney, who uh, is singing a song about Mouse Day. So Mouse Day comes. Does that wait? What about the video store? The video store is after. after oh, yeah. But we learned that she's going to pick Courtney up at, at school. The video. They're going to meet everyone at the video store. Yes. Like, there's something going on with the video store. Yeah, yeah. Courtney is going to be picked up by Christy. Christy is going to take Courtney to the video store. Then they're all going to watch a movie at an undetermined location because something consistent about this show is we never know which house we're at right? unless it's Claudia's house. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so yeah. So now we are 
Now we are introduced to a version of the Happy Birthday song that is not sung to the tune of the Happy Birthday song because the time this episode was made, that song was still under copyright. So she's yes. singing Happy Birthday. No, but, first bird, one is Mouse Day. Oh, Mouse Day. day. But she's like, she's like, Happy Mouse Day to you. Happy yes. Mouse Day to you. And I'm like, what's happening? Oh, <laughs> you don't have the right. You don't want to spend fifteen thousand dollars to get the Happy Birthday song. Which fair? I don't think they had it in their budget. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's a. I was gonna say she's a weird kid, but no, being really attached to animals doesn't make you weird. It just makes you kind of shy mm-hmm. and. And so she has apparently Courtney has special permission from her teacher to take care of the different classroom animals. Yes. And today is the day she takes care of the mice. Yeah. And she also takes care of the birds. She takes care of the snakes. She takes care of all these animals, like a full menagerie at Mr. Baxter. Yeah. I mean, it is a foreshadowing with the snakes there. Like that's that, that becomes important later. Did you catch the mouse's name? Oh, was it Smokey? Smiley McMouse Jr. Oh. Which is a great mouse name. It it kind of is. I, I like that there's a junior in there. That that's what that's what gets me. A few things about this scene. This scene is very slow and yes. very choppy. Like there's long pauses between lines including Christie's first line where she's like, "Hello," and Courtney just kind of slowly turns around and looks at her and Christie goes, "I didn't mean to scare you." And I'm like, no one was she scared. She definitely didn't scare No her. one was scared. I think someone was supposed to jump or something, but this, the whole scene is like very sedate. It is. And every time Christy says something, Courtney takes a long time to respond. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a character move so much as a child actor not being directed very carefully. <laughs> or like a little like tighten up the editing or like maybe they're like, we were going to tighten up the scene, but we were a few minutes shy of runtime. So we just kept in all the awkward. Fall. That, maybe that's why they also added in a bunch of count on courts. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> we'll get there. Oh. Out on court. Yeah, uh, it's a kind of a weird introduction to this character, just because like we, what we learn is she likes animals and she is quiet. We already knew one of those things. Mm-hmm. She can sing a good little song. She doesn't sing it well, but it's kind of cute. Yeah. And then they uh, go to the video store, and oh, this scene. <laughs> This scene is a lot. First of all, the store is the video store is located between an aquarium supply store and it looks like a lingerie store. I couldn't tell, but it looked <laughs> like there was like frilly, frilly things in the window and a lot of like pink hearts. Yeah, the uh, strip malls, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all of the children and some of the babysitters, like there's a, I, there are at least five or six kids sitting around. Uh, at least Dawn and Claudia are there and maybe one additional babysitter. They're all just taking up an entire aisle seated in it and pulling movies off the shelves and leaving them on the floor. There's one other uh, shopper in the store who just looks at them dismayed a few times. Oh, I thought that was an employee. I thought he was shelving videos. Oh, I assumed that this was a guy getting a movie. Maybe it was an employee. But if he was an employee, I would think he would say something about them taking up so much room and being on the floor. Okay, but I don't know if you remember video stores in the late 80s, early 90s, but the kids section was always a wreck. Like the videos- That is true. The videos were just strewn about the floor anyway. In fact, the first shot we have in this scene is a pie of children's videos uh and i I wrote them down because i was so fascinated by these vhs thank you for doing that because i was so distracted by 
the idea of finding like a pile of kids in a video <laughs> store that I couldn't really take anything else with. So we have two videos that are those like off-brand, like you find them in supermarkets, they cost a dollar and they have like 50 recorded off television, like yes. Warner Brothers and Harvey cartoons. Uh, one has uh, Woody Woodpecker on the front and one has like uh, Warner Brothers characters on the front. We have two videos from the real Ghostbusters. We have two <laughs> videos from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, a Muppet Babies video, uh, a video from the Little Archies Saturday Morning Cartoon Show, and last but certainly not least, right on top of the pile and the video that gets snatched by one of the horrible children who they're watching. <laughs> I don't know who this little girl is because her back is to the camera the entire time. The Berenstain Bears Easter Surprise right on top and she grabs that Berenstain Bears video and she shakes it overhead and I was like yes <laughs> yes child synergy crossover the series that is first in your heart yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it's a it's a nightmare the whole thing is a nightmare yeah oh it's horrible um they're all just shouting uh names of things that they could that they could see Dawn has some line where oh I think she says how about Nightmare Island feels like I'm already there just a pretty good <laughs> not a singer. real movie I, there wasn't what a Nightmare Island that came out a few years no last year Fantasy Island is called Nightmare Island in other countries but that's the only Nightmare Island movie I could find <laughs> she also says the, she also suggests the three stooges meet Hercules also not a real movie uh, the one that Courtney suggests is real, right? It's very real. She <laughs> says, hey, how about Goober and the Ghost Chasers? That's funny and scary. And I'm like, it's neither, Courtney. <laughs> but everyone agrees. Everyone is impressed at Corey's, or Courtney's decision-making skills. And then Christy knocks over a display. Why Christy when Jackie was standing right there? It doesn't make any sense. I actually had to rewind it twice to make sure it was Christy and not Jackie or Courtney, who could have been having like an awkward moment to prove how awkward she is. And then, so she knocks it down. I'm like, did the actor knock that over? Like, was that like, was it just like, just keep going? Like, this take has gone on long enough? That's a good question. It feels like it's supposed to be a laugh break. I guess for me. because, the, but then there's like that thing where the, the scene doesn't end for a few seconds, no. and you get a lot of like weird murmuring, like "Come on, everyone, say help to clean it up, guy." <laughs> and the guy who's like standing there, like the strange man, is just like standing there, like, like I don't know. What are you gonna do about kids? I, I just came to like, I just I'm looking for the latest like. I don't I don't even know what you were shopping for in video stores in 1990, but. <laughs> I don't know, uh, Mighty Mouse cartoons, except he would, he would have been right in the middle of yeah. a bunch of children looking at them. Yeah, it's a it's a nice way to end a scene to have everybody just be muttering to themselves. The ADR on this show is wild. And But this the only thing that happens in this scene is this is where we're introduced to Jeremy. <gasps> yes. Yep. Is he at the store? He is in or the... Is he he is leaving the video store as they're leaving, and he puts two buttons on Jackie and Yes, Courtney. okay. Yeah, because his recurrence is at Bel Air's later, because yeah. Bel Air's is a big location in this series. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Marver, I mm. think. Not a book use... character. No, no, and we find out that his brother has bested Christy before, and this episode is actually about Christy's axe to grind with his older brother. <laughs> 
the boy who plays Jeremy, except for like one voiceover role he played, uh, I think earlier than this. This was his only other acting gig on screen. He's not very good, but he is fully committed to whatever it is he's doing, which is <laughs> from another TV show entirely. He is he is Nickelodeon acting his way all over the show. Like he is he's wild very takes. much like. You know those, like, how sometimes Full House would focus on Michelle and her friends? Yes. He's very one of those kids. And it's, you're right, he's not very good, but he is committed. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's as if someone was like, I don't have time to teach you how to act. Here's a Jackie Mason tape. <laughs> Just do what this guy, because he's like, everything he does is really big. This, he's like, always like looking around like, huh? Huh? Am I... <laughs> I like the actor playing his older brother. I like quite a bit more Mm -hmm. in as much as he is very like smarmy bully would definitely be a popular kid despite being a real jerk, but we'll get to him. Yeah. At this point we only meet Jeremy and he is uh, running for, let's see, third grade representative in student council. Yeah. Yes. I have a lot of questions there, but I'm not going to, I don't want, I don't really want to get into them beyond why, like they're eight years old. What, what input can they give? So did you have uh, student council reps in elementary school? Not in elementary school. No, I was trying to remember if we had them even in like upper elementary, like sixth. And I think it took until uh, seventh grade for anything like that. Did you have it in elementary? I don't remember. I want to think that we did starting in third grade, but it might have been something. There was there were all kinds of like little councils and like organizations that we could join that I just kept completely out of my mind because I was too intimidated by them to like even bother yeah. with them. There was definitely a thing that I mean it didn't almost like a hall monitor situation Mm. but outdoors like you could assist the crossing guard and that was something that started in third grade but never like a student council situation and really it never becomes clear what she would be doing uh in jeremy's campaign speech he says he'll get longer recesses and better lunches and i'm pretty sure he doesn't have the power to do either of those i mean up up through junior high every every candidate made those promises in school like no more no more homework and everyone will be yay and vote for them and i'd be sitting there like this is a nominal position like you are (laughs) you are this just this is for the experience my friend you're not actually doing anything and and we'll get to it i don't want to i don't want to like yeah give it away but we'll get to it but that kind of comes into play in the end and i actually really like how this whole thing wraps up for Courtney, but uh, for Courtney, but this, yeah. <laughs> but going back to this kid, he's a little stinker, and I hate him. <laughs> he's bad. He sticks uh, campaign buttons, I guess stickers, because the they do just adhere to both the child's yes. chests. Uh, to Jack, to Jackie and Courtney, uh, the babysitters are very. Oh, who was that? Mm-hmm. And that is when they piece together that he is the. Do you remember his older brother's name? Justin. Okay, yes, he is Justin Marver's little brother. Yeah. Justin Marver apparently made a really good beehive yeah. for the science fair that uh, made uh, made it so Christy did not win, and she is still sore about it. No indication when this happened. It <laughs> no. could have been a month. It could have been years. It feels like years. It feels like something <laughs> that Christy's been sitting on for a long time. Also, if this kid built a functioning beehive, I'm like... Go for it, kid. No, during the episode, which I watched twice, I like, I did like, okay, look, 
I hated everything about it, but I also loved it so much <laughs> that I had to watch it two times, including today. And for the first time, it's like, if you're, yeah, if your project was a beehive, you are a genius. Like, how did you do that? Also, how old are you? Like, you were 12 when you did this? This is incredible. However, I do get... Okay, this is New Jersey. And I mean, this is not New Jersey, but it's filmed in New Jersey. Everything's yes. very New Jersey. The 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 Marvers have very strong crime family vibes about them. Like, they do. There is they a... I, I have to believe they're not like high up in the crime family. They're low-level players. Maybe... They control the apiaries. I don't know. And that's why he builds such wonderful beehives. But these are these are greasy little kids from the Jersey Shore, like the TV series Jersey Shore, not no, the actual Jersey Shore. they definitely read like they own the town to yeah. some extent. And, and oh, go on. I was going to say, and we, we get more from that from Justin later. Oh, and Justin does an incredible thing where he only calls Christy Crystal, even though she says the name is Christy four or five times. Yeah. And it is... I I admire it. I I, <laughs> I I admire what he's doing because he knows exactly how to wind her up, and the other babysitters kind of tease her about it. Like they they give her grief for it. Yeah, but, but she is clearly still very annoyed at him, and this leads to her having the idea that she can be uh, she can win this campaign against uh, against the younger Marver. With uh, Courtney as her surrogate. Right. Because as of now, Marver, uh, Jeremy Marver is running unopposed. And yes. no one dares run against him because he's so popular and everyone loves him. And they're just going to vote for him anyway. Which I can't uh, believe. I can't believe this kid is popular. Th- you quickly find out this kid is not popular. <laughs> but she she says, like, everyone knows him and no one knows who I am. Yeah. When, when she is actually approached by Chrissy about... Uh, running before that happens marianne says something about hmm, maybe courtney does not want to do something like that and i feel like marianne is always right on this show yeah marianne is really the voice of reason that no one listens to because even though you were giving christy a lot of heat in in this past week whatever this episode going up <laughs> everyone is kind of out of control when it comes to courtney's campaign Oh, there is a lot of enabling. Like it's yeah. and I it, like uh, Christy does have the most to apologize for at the end, but also Donna and Stacy and the like Mallory do being like a mad speechwriter. All of them <laughs> have, have encouraged the same. Stacy literally rebuilds this child in her own image. <laughs> literally rebuilds Courtney like from the ground up, like throws away her clothes moment- and makes her look like her. <laughs> That's true. The moment they're in Bel Airs and stand next to each other and are wearing essentially the same outfit is very good. Um, also, they mentioned that Christy once got them all lost in New York and nearly got Marianne and Dawn arrested. Is that in one of the books? I don't think so, because if it were, it would be in... There's a super special about New York. Have you yeah. gone to that one? Yeah. And there's just a yeah, book where it, they go to New York. Uh, yeah, it would be there, I think. I don't think. remember this them almost getting like arrested. This seems like a madcap adventure that we know nothing of. But we do get Dawn's, I believe, first mention in the show of being from California? Yeah. She says something about how she uh, was nervous when she moved from California, <laughs> but then she met the babysitters. No. She says that she was first nervous when she moved here from California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, did you? Did you now? <laughs> 
I was so nervous when I moved here from California. <laughs> like where? Where? Long Island, California? I can't I can't place the accent, Don. Oh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> Courtney's going to start a campaign. Uh, no, so Christy convinces all of them that it's a great idea, as, as are so many of her ideas, and they all think of the things they will be able to contribute to this campaign. Hmm. Uh, Christy psychologically bullies Courtney into saying yes. Yeah, the kid doesn't want to do it. No, the kid doesn't want to do it at all. And Christy uses a very subtle, uh, like, like a subtle tactic. Like, a, hey, you don't want him to win, right? Like, and you think somebody else should run, right? So you'll run, right? And tricks her into saying yes. It is weird, though, because Courtney doesn't want jeremy to win like it does mean a lot to her like she sees it as an injustice like this kid is a jerk and the only reason he wins is because everyone doesn't is too afraid to run against him he's got this brother and so in a way there is a small message there of like if you see an injustice in the world sometimes you've got to be the one to step up and be the change and that's not what it ends up the framing ends up being but there is like that message is sort of floating around the edges of it's the episode. It's there. It's just pretty subtle. Yeah. So, th- yeah, then they go all in on this campaign. There's not really a B-plot in this episode unless we count Jackie having a crush on Courtney. That's too intrinsically tied to the A-plot. Really. But also, like, it is also clear that the that the uh, the writers and the directors were like, we've got to include more Jackie because this kid is really good. And very Danny funny. Tamborelli yeah. kicking off like because this I mean this is pre Pete and Pete. Mm-hmm. This is this is like his launch his launching point, and he is the best actor on this show. Can we go out on a limb and say that he's up? I mean, he's definitely up there, except for he's a few, no Dawn. But except, he is okay. I want to go on record right now as saying I give Dawn a lot of heat. She's not a Shakespearean trained actor. I get that, but I find her endlessly charming i think her character is i think she the actor herself is delightful to watch oh she's she's so fun to watch i also like i love the girl playing claudia like Mm -hmm. i i have a similar reaction to the netflix series where i just constantly want claudia to be on screen and i think a lot of it is is funny yeah i was gonna say i just think a lot of it is these are untrained actors who didn't get a whole lot of time to be directed and probably rehearse but who were given enough time to be comfortable with each other and have fun Mm -hmm. on screen and so there's a lot to be said for what they lack in acting ability they certainly make up for an enthusiasm which in these syndicated shows or these like sort of like one-off shows you don't always even get that you sort of just you can get a lot of like listless kids and right the girls all clearly really like each other yeah to me it seems obvious that some of the scenes are not properly completely scripted and some yeah. of it is like, oh, just go nuts and have fun together. And I like that about it. Uh, like, one scene, Claudia is leading a game of Simon Says, uh, mm-hmm. just in the background. There's no way they scripted out which instructions she was going to give. Yeah. And it's just a game that, like, it's just a game a bunch of kids are playing, like a summer camp situation. It's very cute. Yeah. It's always really cute. <laughs> So we do get, I, there's this moment while the babysitters are walking together outside and we get to hear the theme song reorchestrated as a march. It's like, I'm like, I would love a CD of just every iteration of the babysitters club theme song. It's like when you're watching the Brady Bunch and every single music cue is like, even like the sad music cue is like, or like if it's like wacky, it's like, wah, wah, wah. 
wah, wah. <laughs> like, yep, that's the one song you got. Anytime a show can do that, it should do that. More shows should do it. <laughs> if Battlestar Galactica had done it every once in a while, I would have been on board. <laughs> Perfect. So, at any rate, yeah, they, this is our first count on court, right? They're trying to come up with a slogan for her, and they come up with yes. some, some duds. And I believe it's Mallory who comes up with count on court. Yeah, it has to be. She's the writer. She's, she is the writer. <laughs> we also get some wonderful Mallory moments in this episode. But uh, Mallory's good in this episode. She uh, she proves to have like pretty solid comedic timing. She I does. She does. Uh, yeah. And uh, she eventually went on to be a member of the actor's studio. Um, That's <laughs> something I looked up today. But <laughs> this is the beginning of Count on Court. How yes. good is this chant? This chant is perfect. It's... It sounds at once like threatening and inspiring, mm-hmm. and I'm really impressed by that. Especially because, like, for some reason, for a group of seven girls, they're really loud. Like when they start yelling yeah. together, because it's it is a very steady count on court. For I think you said earlier, it lasts ten minutes. It does last a solid half minute. Like they begin chanting it in the street. They come up with the idea and they start chanting it as they're walking to Courtney's house. They they continue chanting it up the steps to her house. After they've knocked on the door, she answers the door and is staring at them as they continue <laughs> chanting it at her. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Like, she she opens the door and is standing there's a little girl. And there's these, like, seven junior high school girls staring at this little girl just yelling, count on, quick, at her. And she hasn't been a part of this creative process. And I'm like, what was going on? It's that the moment where she was like, oh, no. I... I assume so, but she puts on a brave face. And then they <laughs> and they, they force yeah. her to make Sundays for them. <laughs> That's also weird because she asks if she could do one part of it. And Christy's like, no, I get to do that. You have to put toppings on them, which is very good. Yeah, so they're having a campaign meeting at her house. And this is where you see the first cracks start to show. <laughs> yes. Is it, th- is it in this meeting where Christy does the thing where she shakes her head about this speech and Mallory yep. busts up and throws it over her shoulder? Also, Christy yells at Jesse for not writing the letters straight enough on a sign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jesse, very resigned, says she's going to start over and and your heart breaks for Jesse. Yeah, Jesse doesn't get a whole lot to do in this episode except get told off by Christy. And uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a power dynamic there. I'm not happy with. Uh, but so what happens is Mallory is the writer, so she's writing this. And there's this little like back. It's a pretty funny little exchange where like Christie's like the last line has to be the most powerful one and the first line, but it can't be the same kind of powerful as the last line. You got to bring them in and then send them out with something. And Mallory's like, check it out, hands her, and then you get you have Mallory nodding about how awesome her script is, and at the same time Christie's shaking her head. It's very like Mr. Belvedere or something. It's like it old school is. sitcom. It's very. <laughs> There's a lot of beats in this episode that are very classic sitcom. Yeah. Uh, this is also, I think, around the time Courtney says something about how uh, the reason Jeremy will get elected is because he says what the people want him to say. Yeah. And that's the part that scratched a little too close to the surf, like under the service to me. Yeah, we have this severely unqualified kid who's an obnoxious glad hander who just yells things he thinks people want to hear and who nobody actually likes that is like running uh for for the pre- uh student class whatever representative uh, <laughs> against a a very smart if somewhat quiet uh young woman and it's yes. uh, and it's and it's awkward uh, in, it's upsetting in, yeah <laughs> it's 
it's aged strangely. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily badly, because this episode is great. <laughs> um, so this is where we get the uh, the scene in. Uh, it's actually, I think, I believe it's filmed in The Limited 2, uh, but it's, yes. uh, at, at, I assume, at Bel Air's. So, uh, and this is when um, Stacy dresses, yeah, like crafts a, crafts a new image for Courtney that's just Stacy's clothing, but smaller. Yeah, but we also uh, run into Jeremy and Justin again. Yes, or- Jeremy is is looking at crisp white button downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin says some misogynistic stuff. Uh, we also find out Justin is referred to as Big J by his little brother. Yo, Big normal, J! Normal nickname. And they're like, what does that stand for? Big jerk? Nice. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, it's a, uh, it is just like another, another, like another dash of, oh man, look how obnoxious this kid is. And look what a good job we're doing of making Courtney into the perfect candidate. Exactly. And okay, so years ago, I was in a play uh, called uh, An American Daughter by Wendy Wasserstein. And it's very much about how like when a woman runs for office, uh, there are all kinds of compromises we expect her to make, uh, mm-hmm. including like the way you speak, the way you present yourself and the way you dress. And that's exactly what this reminded me of is just that. Yeah. Yeah. She says, uh, Christy says looks are very important in politics yeah. at one point. There's a lot of like th- lines that could be throwaway lines that are just kind of cutting. Yeah. They're probably yes. not doing great things to Courtney's self-image by like no. shaking their heads when she puts on clothing and be like, no, not good enough. Stacy can handle that scrutiny. We've seen her handle that scrutiny. But Courtney, Courtney's just a kid. Eight-year-old child. Uh, <laughs> it was also where we find out there is going to be, okay, again, third grade class third grade, rep. Third grade student council rep, yeah. There's going to be a meet the candidates event at the school, apparently just there. for these two candidates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, then we like that is like a segue into the meet the candidates thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jackie is hammering up signs for her campaign, and he gets stopped by uh, Jeremy, who's like, "You have a crush on her," and he's like, "I do not. I just like hammering stuff." <laughs> no, 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 no. Or he is says that... that to Don because the kid asks him. Oh, in the class that's right what now. it is. That's but, what yeah. it is. He did. I just like this line. I like hammering stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and he. I mean, covering up for his his crush, Don, like very placating, like I know. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Situation. But yeah, no. That uh, after he shows signs of having a crush on Courtney, right. Jeremy is like, "Hey, help me ruin her campaign to prove that you don't like her." Mm-hmm. And Jackie, being <laughs> Jackie, kind of reluctantly halfway agrees to do it. Yeah. And the way that, I mean, like, there's an obvious flaw in this plan to us, the audience, because we know that Courtney's not going to be scared of a snake. Which is the plan. It's hide this snake in your pants, which we get to see Jackie, like, drop a snake down the front of his pants, an actual snake, and then sort of, like, hold it. It's, like, coming out of the top of his pants, and he's kind of just holding it. Very strange. It's an uncomfortable like i'm like if i, I saw a little like boy if i saw yeah. a little boy walking around a crowded event with like kind of his hand like hold like something coming <laughs> out of his pants i'd be like little boy do you need to go to the bathroom like there should be adults like hurting this boy to the other side of the of the room but their sabotage of course backfires on on yeah. jeremy so jackie the walking disaster mm-hmm. like loses track of the snake as like a whoa, whoa, whoa moment uh the snake makes its way back to Jeremy, who turns out to be afraid of it. Yeah. And Courtney's like, guys, 
it what the second pandemonium breaks out because that's what happens when yeah. the snake is is in the room everyone starts losing their minds and, and screaming like, it's just a it's it's just a garter snake <laughs> and she picks it up and she hands it to mr baxter who takes it back it's but, cute but everyone's like oh this girl's got something everyone is like this girl's got something and this guy is a wuss and because like, jeremy is a laughing stock briefly and this guy's older brother is a psychopath because this yeah, is his where brother we... is there the entire time. Like he needs to be at the meet the candidates event too, of course. And this is it's where he, the babysitters. So he backs Christy into a into a water fountain and is like, "We're going to beat your can." Like it's a very like this guy is much bigger than Christy, and he has her like cornered <laughs> in this hallway, and he keeps calling her Crystal, uh, getting her name wrong on purpose, and mm-hmm. she's getting like her dander up, and that's when, of course. Courtney overhears Christy basically saying, like, we're going to win this. Yeah. You can't beat us. And uh, this is where Courtney is like, I think maybe you. She's like, we can't do this without you, Courtney. And Courtney's like, I think maybe you can. And, like, runs off. Yeah. It's sad. Oh, yeah. also, I think we should, like, have we noted before just how tiny Christy is on this show? Because she, she really small. is noticeably smaller than everyone else. Even, like, even Jesse and Mallory are, like, similarly sized to her. Yeah. She's very little. So that scene feels more threatening than it otherwise would. Yeah, I have a feeling that Justin Marver has has intimidatingly talked to his share of young women and probably will in the future. Yeah, that's likely true yeah. the actor Ugh. by the way was a regular on the uh on the police academy tv series if that <laughs> if that uh doesn't surprise you at all he has that no. kind of like yeah he's done a lot he's he's actually still doing stuff he has stuff in post-production his name is oh, uh, interesting his name is pj auckland and uh he's been in a lot of movies a lot of tv shows uh he had some regular recording roles on stuff so uh i think and I, th- I was in this he plays his role well i thought he was he's uh good yeah, I thought he's a good he's, a good actor. He's a good jerk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah, at this point, uh, Christy kind of has a crisis of conscience. Yeah. She does have a crisis of conscience. Yeah, she gets called out by an eight-year-old. Yeah, she gets called out by an eight-year-old and has to apologize to said eight-year-old. And this is what I really like their heart-to-heart scene. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm watching it again. It's delivered very sincerely on Christie's part. Like she did, like she did have self-reflection in this moment. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, I was wrong to push this kid around because I wanted to win something. Yeah. And you find out that like, uh, oh, oh, and the other babysitters are having a crisis of conscience as well. Yes. On their own. Uh, like they're like, we tried to make this little girl into something she wasn't. Like we're all, we're all guilty of, of, uh of this and I, yeah. I did when i was watching it the first time they did say like we tried to turn her into something she's not i think it was dawn who says that or maybe mm-hmm. marianne because they're like you were right marianne we tried to turn yeah. her into something she's not and i did have to say when they said that i said a winner <laughs> that was my little snark on the episode <laughs> she could have no she couldn't have won without them that is accurate except maybe she could have her her closing speech is a real banger yeah but... so uh speaking of the closing yes. speech yes uh jeremy makes a bunch of empty promises in his speech uh she's a little late they're all late get- jeremy's making his speech the babysitters walk in in the middle of his speech dawn is talking at the top of her lungs <laughs> it's true. i know she's not supposed to be but she's like they walk in and, and she's immediately talking like it's the middle of like a ca- like a school cafeteria and i'm like dude there's a kid making a speech up there he may be a jerk but at least you have to respect the process <laughs> Uh, after his speech wraps, it seems like Courtney is not going to arrive. Everyone's nervous about this. 
Courtney arrives, uh, delivers a real humdinger of a speech mm-hmm. about and, the kind of candidate that they should be voting for. And they, it's short because she throws, first of all, she's like, says something like, we don't need speeches or something. And Mallory is in the back. And she's like, hey. I think she says, we don't, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> and they all shush her. But she gives this speech and it's very short, but it's actually very she basically says, like, you don't know me very well because I don't talk a lot. But what I can promise you is that I do listen. And what you need is a candidate who is going to listen to everyone because everyone has good ideas. Because this whole thing has been about how, like, Christy always has these wacky ideas. She's the one who has good ideas. And she's like, everyone has good ideas. And I promise you that as, as your representative, I'll listen to all of your ideas. And I'm like, dang, that's like a, that's like a really good, like, campaign speech, especially coming after a blowhard. <laughs> It's interesting. Not to, I mean, like, I don't want, I genuinely don't want to get too political, but. <laughs> All art is political. <laughs> After uh, the, uh, I think it was like the town halls that the two candidates for our, uh, our recently. <laughs> yes. Uh, completed kind of question mark uh, presidential election. I remember seeing a lot of, um, like a lot of think pieces on. It's really great that biden listens to his constituents like it's great to just watch him listening to people who might vote for him yeah i like that like i like that the bottom line of her speech is i might not talk that much but if you talk to me i will hear it which is great yeah great. she she wins in a landslide it would seem yeah. uh the marvers are d- defeated <laughs> And uh, Christy makes a joke about maybe she'll run for student council and everyone walks away. And then she says, guys, I was just joking. Come on. And they she all wasn't back. joking. She wasn't joking at all. She definitely wants to. She definitely wants to. Uh, and uh, and and we end and Courtney makes two friends, Jackie and Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy. Kathy was mentioned once before uh-huh. in the episode. But Jackie not seen. Offers, Jackie offers to walk Courtney home. And Courtney says she's going to hang out with Kathy. So clearly this is the best friend hierarchy here, right? Like right. Kathy is her best friend. And uh, they're going to have a celebratory, like they're gonna, we're going to take you out for a celebratory uh, a dinner or whatever. And she's like, can I bring my friends, Jackie and Kathy? And they're like, <laughs> it's a celebration. Of course, the more the merrier. And I'm like, they didn't, they didn't budget for that. But I guess like you got they're two gonna, more kids. They're going to have to dip into that doomsday envelope again. They're going to yep. run completely out. But they're going to the same pizza place. Uh, yeah, of course. Of pizza course Express. they're going to Pizza Express. So, uh, so it's, it's still, still canon. It's still good. Do they and, get, uh, like, do they get a discount there because of how frequently they go? I don't know. Probably. I hope so. Uh, well, I bet they're really obnoxious. Oh, it's probably, yeah. They only <laughs> ever get like, they get one pizza and, pizza and a bunch of cups of ice. <laughs> anyway good episode infuriating episode but good episode so i mentioned earlier that i was going to let you know what alana thought of this yes please tell me so this evening i said like christy hated this episode <laughs> and this being a series that alana hasn't ever like been like down with that much she was like oh really and i was like yeah and she's like i actually sent this episode to a friend of ours who is uh who is autistic and works with animals and and it's a friend of, it's a mutual friend of me Alana's and she's like because I thought this show episode did a really good job of showing that people who are not good uh, speakers 
uh, and not good, not necessarily strong with the one-on-one, with like relating to people one-on-one. That doesn't necessarily have to be a weakness. And also this friend of ours, who's an animal trainer, has always talked about how like people who are very good with animals tend to have a lot of empathy. And uh, uh, like that is usually indicative of a lot of strong uh, like personality points that are very, like very, very positive and very helpful personality traits. And that this show shows that like, even if you're not a comfortable speaker and you're not that outgoing, because we tend to value like brash outgoing people, even if you're introverted or not comfortable in in large groups it shows that a person like that can still have value because listening is valuable and 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 being good with animals is indicative of a person who is who is sympathetic who is who is good with people i don't know there was a lot of like little things she really liked about this episode it's such a nicer takeaway than my takeaway of christy is history's greatest monster (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't negate that this has nothing to do with christy because I do think, uh, I mean, so far, Courtney is the most complex child character that has been introduced yeah. to the show. And I imagine she will be. Like, I don't think any of the other episodes center on a kid quite as much as this one does. Mm. Uh, mm. More Like, I know the ones that I recall are all much more either about the babysitters or the babysitters in a group. So... It, I mean, that aspect of it, I really like Courtney. I, yeah. You told me she did not really act much to speak of after this. So Kate Burnson, who played Courtney, uh, appeared in two things. This episode of The Babysitter's Club and a TV movie the next year in 1991 called Carolina Skeletons, where she plays a character named Cindy Lou. So I was like, oh, I wonder what Carolina Skeletons is. I found the entire thing on YouTube. It's a Lou Gossett Jr. movie, TV movie, uh, period piece about a, uh, 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 I I believe an enslaved man, or maybe it takes place right after the Civil War, who is accused of the, let's just say, assault and murder of two little girls. And she plays one of the little girls in the opening scene post everything that happens yeah, to her yeah. begging and screaming for her life from the murderer oh, it's no. an it's an intense bit of acting if i had yeah. seen it as a child i would have been incredibly upset and i can see where she was like this little girl and was like you know what i'm done i'm good after this i think i'm good with the acting thing i think there's other things out there i played the put upon political candidate i played this i think i've run the gamut and now i can just move on to other things that in is my life acting like all like that is all of acting right there and yeah. she's done she did it she did it she she won acting and I, I think we can let her, we can be proud of her and let her go because she was very good in Carolina Skeletons. She was very good in it. And I was like, I don't need to see you doing anything else, my child. Be free. You're free now. So, uh, yeah. And that was the only other person. Like, uh, there weren't many, like, sometimes we see, like, oh, and we mentioned uh, the guy who played Justin. He, he's yeah. gone on to have a great career. So, uh, and of course, we had more Jackie because studio, the studio dictated that Jackie continue being, uh, being the main character. <laughs> yeah. He's like the, the lucky charm. He's just, he's there. He's, he's, he's always fun to watch. He is so fun to watch. He's funny. He's a, he's a cute kid, but like kind of, kind of goony, which I really like about that character. Like, <laughs> well, I think that became like Danny Temporelli's like, like, like a, uh, 
uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Like his his cash cow thing. Like he he got good at playing like quirky yeah. the quirky yeah, kid. Oh, definitely. Like I mean, and, Pete and Pete is a deeply weird television program. He's not the weirdest part of it. No, but he does like like his character does have a tattoo, and he's like eleven <laughs> years old. So like, there's a, I mean, there's a lot going on there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, um, he, no, I I didn't. I didn't hate this episode on rewatch. I think I might have been in a slightly fragile emotional state when I watched it uh, in the in the midst of decision question mark 2020. You wrote me angry. I was very mad in that moment. I was I had nothing to funnel my rage into. For some reason, I wasn't disaster baking. I, I you can't angrily play Animal Crossing. Like I, I didn't have any of my usual outlets. So I just got really bad and typed a lot of things at you in all caps. But upon further reflection, Christy, still a monster. I was going to say, somewhere in the world, poor Avril Hillman was like getting goosebumps up and down her back. She's like, <laughs> she's like oh my gosh, someone really hate, someone really must have hated Christy Thomas for like a really brief <laughs> second. Haven't felt this in about 20 years. All the good that the Netflix series did for Christy, in my eyes, this episode had the potential to unravel that. But in the end, she uh, she comes through. She is not she's not awful in the last moments. No, she she learns from her mistake. So she's you... still blissfully not self aware, which I really like. But yes. yes. So do you know what our next episode is? I do not. I've been like I've been seeing episode titles, but not in the correct, in correct order. order. The next episode for next week, if you are playing along at home, uh, is the seasonally inappropriate Babysitter's Special Christmas. Oh, you're gonna love this one. I cannot you're gonna wait. Love it. We just watched last night. We just watched uh, the third season of Community Christmas Special, and I'm just like. <gasps> I need right now. I need more Christmas specials in my life. Is that life. the Glee Club one? Yes, it's the Glee episode. Oh, incredible episode. Uh, the stop motion animated episode, mm-hmm. I think, is my favorite piece of Christmas television ever. But the Glee Club one is really good. The Glee Club one is amazing because it was a special, a huge budget Christmas special designed just to trash their competitor show, yes. just to attack Glee. They were like, yeah, the I mean. The creator of Community hated Glee so, so much and probably still does. And every time they dig at it, it's wonderful. Like every time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> In any case. Uh, so next week we're, we're talking we're talking Christmas with the babysitters. And I can't think of anything I'd rather do. <laughs> I, I mean, I always like talking about holiday books and, and television <laughs> specials when it is not seasonally appropriate with you. So and in great. a way, this was the Thanksgiving special because it's november and it's elections hooray uh all right great <laughs> well uh, yeah see see you guys later Talk yeah we're, we're done week. now we're done with it we're done with the podcast bye bye <laughs>